All right, this is Why with Creative Habits podcast. Thanks a lot for listening. And today we've got uh, Mark Hushmander on. And Mark, great to have you on the podcast. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Wyatt. Nice to be here with you and your listeners today. Yeah, so uh, give us a little introduction of who you are for those that don't know you. Um, so, obviously, my name is Mark Hoshwender. I've been doing a combination of psychotherapy and naturopathy for about 40 years. And I've also spent the last 25 years doing consulting for... Uh, CEOs and their direct reports for a lot of major companies around the world. Um, I've had good fortune to work a lot in areas of performance and creativity as well. Um, Recently completed a book on uh, how to recognize and and, uh, change underlying subconscious beliefs, identities, and other limiting factors, particularly as they lead to fear, um, but also uh, as they influence a lot of other areas. So, uh, Yeah, nice. Now, now what's recently, the, the, yeah. the, the name of the book you, you just uh, wrote? And it's, it's out right now, right? Yes, it is. It's Hijacked by Fear. And that's available both on Facebook and a website that's called abetteryouventures.com. Nice. Now, we'll have a link to that in the, in the show notes, obviously, and for anything else we'll be talking about. But so hijacked by fear. Now, that you know, a lot of times when people are creating, um, they can come to a, a blockage and it prevents them. You know, the most common uh, way people describe it uh, for, for writers is writer's block. And, and that, that fear comes up and it just prevents them, um, you know, from thinking that they can produce this. They uh, feel like, oh, I'm not good enough or uh, I just, you know, feel like it's not going to be what I want it to be, that perfection syndrome. Um, so what are what are some ways you talk about in the book that kind of help people, you know, through that that fear? I think the first thing that is helpful is to identify what the fear or uh, identity or uh, sense of overwhelm or whatever else it is might be. A lot of times when we first start considering what is it that's holding me back, you know, we'll get sort of a vague or general feeling. Um, one of the ways that I uh, describe in depth in the in the book that is often helpful for people is if they uh, create a positive statement that would be the ideal. Like uh, I'm uh, easily and naturally creative. You know, something in the in the lines of what we used to think of as uh, positive affirmations. And use those, but in a very different way. I often think of positive affirmations in and of themselves as like whipped cream on garbage. They, <laughs> they, they don't really, I mean, they're, they're sometimes a little bit inspirational, but they really don't do much to uncover the things that are holding us back. And we just sort of overlay them in hope. But if we take 
an affirmation like that, a statement like that, that I'm, you know, easily and naturally creative. And we say that a few times and we, we kind of sense inside, listen inside, we'll start to hear objections. You know, at first we might get something like, well, no, I'm not, or not today, or whatever. And as we stay at it, we'll start to get much more specific. Um, you know, I can never get it right, or um, you know, I'm not really a creative person, or, you know, today's not my day. Or we're going to start getting much more specific statements that come up in response to that. Um, I think of it a little bit like chumming, like when you're out fishing and you throw a bunch of uh, uh, you know, bait on the surface and it starts pulling the, the stuff up from the deep waters, you know, the, the sharks come up or the bigger fish come up or whatever. It, it's when we make those statements, it starts pulling that subconscious, unconscious stuff more to the surface and often makes it clearer. So that's one way to begin to identify one of those beliefs. Or another way is we can ask ourselves, what would I have to believe to have the response I'm having right now? You mentioned perfection. You know, if, if something comes up and says, well, I have to get it perfect or I have to get it just right, there is one of the beliefs. So if we play with it these ways, or, or another way is, well, what would somebody else have to believe to get this response, to get this feeling, to have this limit? Sometimes we'll recognize it more quickly when we think about, well, what would it be in somebody else? Because and then it's outside of us, it's a little more objective. So those are ways to begin to at least identify what's holding us back. So, then so we, yeah, sorry, go ahead. go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. Hi. But then we want to find ways to change that. But that's that's a great starting point. Yeah, I was going to bridge to what you can do because when you've dug that up, you know, you've gotten those larger fish to come to the surface, so to speak. And then what do you, you know, do you, do you write those things down and try to, how do you dig those deeper? And so that... Your statement, which Hollywood makes fun of all the time, you have those affirmations and you just see them, they, they can be empty. But if you've dug those up, then there's something else you can do to kind of dissect and, and, and make those less fearful, those bigger fish that come up. How do you make them less fearful? Uh, is there a process for that? Or Sure. There, there, are, there are a lot of ways to do this. You know, some of them uh, are let's say more vague or less specific you know some people will just you know have a sense of oh i just have to release that belief and i think that's fine i tend to be somebody that is much more specific in in a sense more technical i want to make sure that we get the job done exactly so let's say we have a belief as you had mentioned of well i have to get this perfect we want to think for a moment about how it is we come up with these beliefs. Usually, we come up with a belief like this very often when we're young, very often under pressure, very often with 
not a lot of experience under our belt, and we're just trying to make sense of the world. A belief is sort of a, a shortcut so that every time that we have to make a decision or have to take action, we don't have to rediscover in that moment what is the best way to go forward. So our we're, we're always trying to find uh, meaning and understanding. And so as a young kid, we, we come up with uh, a belief like I have to be perfect in response to some kind of uh, usually external stressor. Maybe we've internalized it, but originally started externally. But once we come up with that belief, our brain tends to um, construct that belief in such a way that no new evidence gets in. Uh, you know, we go back to the days when we were saying, oh, you know, the world is flat. You could take somebody that has that belief, show them evidence to the contrary, and it would be uh, often set aside because their belief would tend to uh, withstand those kinds of new information. You know, if I, you, you take a kid that thinks that they're dumb, and you can tell them a thousand times that they're not, you can even show them a few things that they've done well, and they'll tend to resist it. Um, so when we understand that about a belief, and that we often have in ourselves all the understanding, all the information, all the new experience that we need, we've just put it somewhere else. Sometimes we've even created a competing belief. Uh, you know, we can at the same time have a belief that says, uh, I'm no good at anything, and another belief that says, I can do anything, and we'll tend to vacillate between those two. So in one of them, we'll have the, uh, the, the bigger perspective, and depending on what's triggering us, we'll have one or the other. So the first thing we want to do once we've identified what this belief might be is to look around in, in ourself, in our experience, through the course of our life, even in other people that we've known, and ask, do, do I have other perspectives? Do I have uh, information that goes beyond the limits of this particular belief? When we find that, you know, let's say, you know, we find times where we have been very creative, but not perfect. Uh, other people have really loved it. We're really happy with it. We, we can see uh, perfection wasn't necessary there. Um, we can take that information that lives outside that belief, that lives other places in our experience, and we can imagine opening that belief, if you will, and putting the rest of the information, the rest of our understanding, right in next to the information that was inside that belief that claimed in this case that we had to be perfect or whatever it is. One, one of the things that I think that's interesting, Wyatt, that I've discovered over the years and 
Well, other people have found, uh, I've seen this with thousands and thousands of people, is fundamentally in sighted people, beliefs are visual constructs. And if we can recognize the picture that we have that, that represents this belief, we can, as I was saying, imagine opening up that, that picture, that belief, and putting the rest of this information in there. So if if I'm gathering what you're saying correctly, it, it would be much like I, I think of the, um, um, the idea of the hypnotists who can basically take someone and uh, hypnotize them um, so that they don't see someone in the room, even though the person might be right in front of them. So they've, yes. they've hypnotized the person's mind, and no matter what they do, that person will not see the other person or they'll not see the object. And so... Over time, we've been hypnotists uh, from our childhood onward. We've hypnotized ourselves with these limiting beliefs. So no matter if something would be could be right in front of us showing us that, in fact, we are doing fine with our creative ventures, we would not see that because of the hypnotism that we've created through repetitive messages uh, over time. So then the idea is to dehypnotize ourselves and and recognize those slivers of of time when we're, we'll admit to ourselves when when we can dig we can admit to ourselves okay this is a moment when yes uh, i've got it and uh and then it's it's a matter of of growing those moments and in a sense by doing that uh releasing the unconscious grip uh that that uh, those limiting beliefs have had over time. Would that be kind of on the right track? I think that's exactly it, Wyatt. The I, I often talk to my clients about the trances that we live, um, and as you're saying, they're uh, self-created or they've been created by the environment that we live in. We we get messages that. Um, convince us that we either can't uh, see things in a certain way or we have to see them in another way. So I I think that's exactly right. Um, And so this, what we're talking about right now, is a specific way to um, break that trance. And I, I think that, again, there are a number of ways... Uh, to do this, one of the most powerful ways is if we can recognize the picture that we have and change up that picture, add to that picture. A lot of people are like, oh, I just want to get rid of that limiting belief. And a lot of times that limiting belief has useful information in it. Um, you know, it may not be that we need to be perfect, but you know, we strive to be the best we can. There are reasons for that. It's just that we need to broaden the perspective, broaden our understanding. So that's why we're adding to. That's why we're putting more information in, more experience, um, 
you know, what would we say if we were in another culture? What would we experience there? What if we take that perspective and put it in that belief right alongside the rest of what we've seen? And then our perspective starts to clarify. Then we get, based on that change, we start to get different feelings. uh, And we start to say other things to ourselves. But the picture tends to lead in this particular kind of case, this kind of situation. Um, so what's a yeah? What's a practical exercise um, where where this would um, this would work? To let's say someone has has that moment there. They're sitting down and they're uh, being creative and, and they come upon that, that limiting belief that has always kind of blocked them at some point or another. Um, what's an, you know, so, so is it that beyond that, that repeating, you know, uh, I'm creative, what's, um, what's another kind of exercise to, to get uh, going, so to speak, uh, with, with what they're doing? Well, another way we might approach that, you know, we talked about three different ways before, you know, the the um, affirmation type thing, the asking, what would I have to believe? What would somebody else have to believe to have this limitation? Right. Another way to do it is we can ask ourselves, what is it that would be very helpful to believe right now, either to believe about life or to believe about myself? And uh, a variant on that would be um, in those times where I felt very creative and the flow has been there, what was I believing then? What, what was the underlying message that I was operating out of? Right. And if we can find that, a lot of times that gives us a contrast to go, well, what's happening now that keeps that from being uh, what I'm operating out of currently? And um, the... So, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, so what, a lot of this is in the subconscious, so it, it can be harder to kind of... Um, to really see or get to, you know, that's part of the whole hip, hypnosis kind of thing. It's it's not. It doesn't seem like it's it's different than you because it's behind you. You know, it's underneath. It's it's that part of the mind you don't really recognize. So even if you have like, um, uh, you know, symbols that might come to you and dreams, and you have you know these the, this information, and and it's all coming at you, and it's it's being able to. Uh, realize uh, what the what the messages are through your subconscious to kind of free you from that. Um, so, a lot of times I I will talk about on the show, you know, the use of free writing as a way to get to the subconscious. You know, if you can if you can kind of free write and get through all the garbage to some nuggets that kind of reveal themselves. Um, do you think that's uh, is that a tool you'll you'll often prescribe, or is that is that something that's um, that you've seen work to you know yeah. to help? Um, of course, of course. 
there are strengths and and uh, contributions of every one of these kinds of approaches. You know, when I uh, have people do uh, free writing, a lot of times what I encourage them to do, and this may be what you do or have talked about on your show before, is I really emphasize that when we're doing this kind of free writing, it's, <laughs> if you will, I think of it like uh, psychic puking. We're just yeah. <laughs> filling our guts, right? Right. And we don't want to be particularly concerned about, is it legible? You know, does it follow the rules of grammar? Uh, any of that. Uh, I've had times when I'm doing it <clears throat> where I don't even... I don't even know what the words are. It's more there's some kind of feeling going on to the paper, and uh, sometimes it's it's just lines back and forth. I mean, I I can go that far with it, but <clears throat> a lot of people will start to do that, and then they become very analytical, and that analytical part will dampen the subconscious. And so what we're trying to encourage here is if they're doing that, it is just an outpouring with no uh, limiter on it, um, no particular construct wrapped around it, so that whatever is there can come out. And a lot of times when I have people do this, I will tell them, don't even read back through it. You know, rip it up, burn it, toss it to the side and keep doing it until there will be a point at which not only will there be the recognition, but a lot of times through that kind of expression, the fixation that's in the subconscious will release. And I, I find that that's very, very freeing and, and moves considerable amount. The difference between that and what I'm trying to talk about specifically with beliefs is... I find when we ask the kinds of questions that we're talking about in terms of, well, what would I have to believe or what comes up in response to this statement, a lot of times people will get to that subconscious stuff very quickly. I'm talking, uh, typically sitting with somebody in my office, we get to pretty core beliefs in five or ten minutes. Wow. And um, we're able then, with the kinds of methodologies we're talking about using to update, very often we're able to update that belief and have a very powerful response in another 5, 10, 15 minutes. Um, it's if we understand that the. If we think about the way that a program on our computer is coded, and if if we have the expertise to be able to drop down to that level of coding rather than the GUI, rather than the, the picture on the screen, we can fundamentally change how the program in that computer is working often very, very quickly. We're, I'm trying to describe in the writing that I did and even here a way to 
get to that underlying subconscious coding fairly directly and quickly, um, and then how to very quickly rewrite that. And that's that's the piece that is exciting to me. I have people come in and, and they tell me, oh, I've been working on this subconscious stuff for years with, you know, other practitioners or in other ways. And a half hour later, they're going, oh, my gosh, I, I changed in this half hour or this hour, you know, uh, things that I've been trying to get to for years. So I think that that clarity about there, there is this underlying picture, and if we can picture slash belief slash filter, right, because that that visual construct is a filter that we're constantly looking through and defining our world through. Every bit as much as if I held up a red lens in front of my eyes, everything would appear to be colored by that. It is colored by these beliefs and it changes our perception of our world just as powerfully and just as definitely. And when we can use these kinds of understandings to get at it and then put in all of the information understanding that has been uh, suppressed or pushed off to the side, um, when we can put that directly into that picture, the brain quickly updates. And that's, that's the magic of this particular kind of approach. There are a lot of approaches, and all of them, of course, have ways that they contribute and support us and uh, let us update and let us make the kinds of changes that we're doing. I'm in favor of all of those. Yeah, it, I, it's, it's interesting because, you know, we... Um, it's that interaction you get. Like when someone can sit down with you and and you can understand them, you know, and, and help them in that respect. And translating that kind of help, because it's unique to that individual, translating that help into the words you've put on the page in, in the book, it, it's an interesting sort of process because, it, you know, I, I, I can only imagine how difficult that must have been to... To really do, but but you were saying early on there there's a, a structure uh, that we all kind of experience. So did that? I imagine is that what helped you kind of bring that about so that you know the book could still be helpful to anyone who read it, uh, even though they're not sitting in your office uh, right. Well, there that's exactly you. that's exactly it. Again, why it is. Um, my hope was that people could sit down with this kind of material, read through it, and with some study, some perseverance, could bring about the same changes in themselves. And that's the kind of feedback that I get as well, is that once people start to uh, understand some of that underlying structure, the way that human brains tend to code beliefs and identities that as they understand that and we've spent decades 
you know, researching this, this underlying structure and making sure that it's universal. As people begin to understand that, that gives them sort of a user's manual of how to use their brain and how to update their brain. And um, I, it's something that I think anybody with some uh, application can learn to do for themselves. That's my hope, and that's been the feedback that I've gotten. Yeah, and now you've got a lot of different exercises throughout the book, um, different uh Examples from real life examples from from people. Obviously, you know they're protected with name right. and, and whatnot. But real life examples of this actually in action. So you're you're taking. It's not just you know okay this theory that theory or that uh, idea. But you show the actual application from some backstory and and in action. And then and then you have some helpful exercises, which is <laughs> all put together pretty 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 handy. So it. Um, well, again, you know, Wyatt, I look around in in our world and you see such incredible potential and capability in human beings. Um, you, you see in, in kids, you see it so clearly, that potential that's there. And, and then we see later on that that gets uh, shut down, limited, and... Um, you know, my hope is that we can all find ways to turn all of that potential back on and and have it be simple and straightforward and practical and real and not not just, well, here's some inspiration, go and run with it. I'm all for inspiration. I, I'm, you know, I, I grew up on ranches and farms. I'm a very practical guy and I, I want to see practical uh, easy, straightforward, day-to-day solutions, and that's that's what we're trying to uh, talk about here. Nice. Um, yeah. You know, it's it's what's what's the what are the hacks that we can do to our brain that are are simple and straightforward, and anybody can learn. Besides. And, Taking a pill like Limitless to you know <laughs> open up the yeah I mean that sounds great we just haven't found it yet and uh, I I suspect that it even if we found it it probably wouldn't uh, undo the coding that we've already uh, instituted in our brain so right. We have there's even though it might open up, uh, uh, you know, some parts of the brain. You still have those psychological barriers that you have created throughout your lifetime. So yeah, yeah ab- absolutely. I well, mean, do you have another book in you? Or are you are you, you you've just released this one, which you know, but but everybody's going to ask, you know, because you can't can help but ask, and and you get people get inspired by this book that you've written. And I'm sure they're they're like, well, is there another one? So I can't help but ask, is there? <laughs> well, I, I I was asked this again just earlier today. Um, I've already started working on the next one. So th- this one, the techniques can be applied to a really wide range of um, limits that we've uh, encountered in ourselves. And particularly how those lead to fear, panic, anxiety, uh, loss of confidence, and all that. But the next one I want to take 
these perspectives and expand it into the whole range of human emotion. You know, how do we deal with grief? How do we deal with anger? You know, we think about something like anger and so many people try and get rid of it. And I actually get very excited about it because it's a huge energy source that's just misdirected. So how do we take every one of these emotions and find what the underlying subconscious structure is and transform that into um, really usable, creative um, directions? So that's the next one. And then after that, the one I started out trying to do before I wrote the one that I did this time is what I call learning how to learn. And I'm, I've spent a lot of time over the years working with kids that were having a very difficult time in school. You know, not uncommon flunking out or getting very low grades, very discouraged kids that think that they're that they're dumb, that there's no hope for them, and turn them around. And so far, pretty much 100% of those kids have been have become straight-A students, which in and of itself is fine. I'm not so much grade-driven, but they find that doing really well in school is easy, and it turns on that deeper source of, of curiosity and creativity and expression. So I'm hoping to, uh, in time, uh, get to uh, taking all of what we've discovered working with kids and put it out in a way that kids and their parents can really utilize and uh, uh, make learning fun again for kids. Right, right. Make learning fun again. Yeah, it would it would be nice, and it'd be great if it was some sort of uh, online, you know, thing where you could, you know, kind of plug uh, people in and uh, and have them, you know, be able to do that to turn themselves around. So, you, um, so a hijacked by fear, and then and then and then the next one, you could be bring it on, you know, because you're turning <laughs> that energy and. Saying okay, uh, you get the fear, you get the anger, you you turn it and you, you utilize it in in a way that's useful. And and then this last one could just you know bring it all together and it could be an online course. <laughs> well, you know, Wyatt, I think about back when we were kids, what what we would have wanted to have somebody tell us, show us, help us learn. Uh, in ourselves so that we can, you know, if you will, be able to program our own human biocomputer, you know, turn on our own brain and, and be able to do all the things that we imagined being possible as kids. Because I think there's all that and a lot more in us. Definitely. And it's it, it can come um, much, much earlier on. I mean, the whole... Yeah, there's a lot that could change so that our human potential could be realized at a much um, earlier age and and or time, and so that we could actually have a planet that would be just amazing. Because potentially altogether, uh, the, the the limiting factors. I mean, go on about the conspiracy theories, but it's obvious that we're uh, limiting ourselves in in a lot of ways. Um, 
But I tell you, the one of the, one of the best ways to start off, right? Uh, get rid of that fear, and and uh, you know we'll we'll have um, we'll have links, of course, in the, in the show notes for the book. And I'm I'm hoping at some point in the near future we'll be able to have you on again to talk about that. The learning part, the learning is something I, I think that you know no matter what age you're at, you're gonna. Uh, need the tools, um, you know, to to keep going with obviously to to and not just your regular learning, but something that can open up the mind in ways that most people can't imagine. <laughs> That's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Anytime, Wyatt. I'm always if people can benefit from it, I'm always happy to sit down and chat about it. Nice. Well, Mark, it was great to have you on the show, and uh, I'll let you get back to what you. Uh, do best and and hopefully we'll have you on again and but it was great to have you on thank you for for being on the show oh thanks for taking the time Wyatt